Welcome back, everyone. I am Robertson Byer, and sitting virtually across from me, as always, is Ben Parker, and we are the odds on favorite. If you love football, you are in the right place. We go over key matchups in the NFL every week, and we tell you where we would place our money. Never bet more than you can afford, obviously, and always gamble responsibly. Ben, how are we doing tonight? Crazy week three. I'm doing great. Week three was amazing. Uh, I, I guess that was week three. Yeah, that's week three. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're starting to fly by already. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fantastic, man. I hope every week is like that, to be honest. It, it, I'll get into it a little bit later, but week three was was no not by no means spectacular in any in any way. A lot of people would probably consider it boring. Uh, you know, outside of certain moments, but I, it's, it was a perfect week and I'll get into it a little bit later, but ju- I'm just going to say it was a perfect week for you. Hardcore football fans. It was a perfect week. Yeah, exactly. I, and me personally, you know, I know a lot of people like the basketball scores. I like the, I don't mind the defensive scores. That's okay. Um, as long as the games are close, you know, give me a close game and I'm happy. Absolutely. And we did have we we did have a few of those and we're going to get right into those. Um, first of all, not as as big of a close one, but uh, the the Ravens pretty much they they go into uh, New England. They handle their handle their business against uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, they handle business 37 to 26. Lamar Jackson still outstanding. Of course, I think it was another five touchdowns he racked up. Lamar Jackson looks to me like an early MVP candidate, and there's going to be some people upset with that. There's going to be somebody that are just ready to give it to him already. If the Ravens' defense, correct me if I'm wrong here, Ben, if the Ravens' defense can even be middle of the pack for the rest of the season, there's no way this team isn't winning 13, 14 games. Yeah, they're well on their way to that. Now, you know, that's a big if. I'm not sure they can. They they didn't look good <laughs> In that fourth quarter, give up to the Dolphins two weeks ago. And then against the Patriots, they give up over 300 yards passing to Matt Jones. And they give up, what was it, 145 yards rushing, 5.2 average to the Patriots on the ground. So the Ravens' defense has some work to do. But if they can get those turnovers like they did, they picked up three interceptions on Sunday. If they can get the turnovers, who cares how many yards they're giving up? And you mentioned that Lamar Jackson is on fire. I think what I like best about Lamar Jackson that I that we haven't seen He's much more efficient with his passes. Every pass mm-hmm. seems to have a purpose. He can still run all over the building. We knew he could deep bomb people. We knew that he was a playmaker. But for the first time ever, we're seeing that his numbers are efficient. And, and that, I think, is the biggest difference from Lamar Jackson, his development. Um, you know, we've always loved what he could do. He continues to look like he's getting better. Yeah, he does. I'm actually curious now that you say that. I was curious to see what his completion percentage was uh, for through the first few weeks compared to, you know, the rest of his career. And it's on par with the rest of his career. But you can tell there's – and it could be because of the contract situation, but in the, the limited time that I've seen, like, you know, turn on the Ravens game here and there, he throws the ball with more confidence. He seems to have been working – a lot in the offseason on his passing. He's been shutting out the haters, but also listening at the same time. It seemed like, like, hey, I got to, you know, the team is counting on me. Like, if I want this big contract, which I deserve it, but, you know, you should give it to me. But, like, I got, I'm going to go show them how much more they should pay me after not paying me. So it, it's great to see that, you know, Lamar Jackson is doing that for the Ravens. 
I've never, and we talked about it in our quarterback videos, I never thought Lamar Jackson was going to be the greatest passer, but it, even if he can improve to be like a mid-tier passer, like in terms of accuracy and consistency, you know, the Ravens have it made. And it, but now we never anticipated the defense getting this this bad. Like I said, that's what I'm saying. You know, if they can get to middle of the pack defense, then I think this is a, a number one seed team for sure. Okay, moving on to our next matchup that we covered last week. The Vikings pull out a nail biter against their division rival in the Detroit Lions, 28 to 24. Kirk Cousins uh, suddenly developed a clutch gene and threw the game winning touchdown pass late in the fourth quarter. Uh, ben, this was an aberration. I think we both had the Lions on this one. We expected a little bit more from, I mean, the offense didn't look bad, but I think we expect a little bit more. Yeah. And, and I, I know last week I had the Lions covering, but not winning. I had the Vikings winning this game, but the Lions should have won this game. There's no question about it. They two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, it, it, it starts, brings up the question. Yes, the Lions look better, but there's still shades of old Lions in there. You know, here's the facts, though. The Lions have a very good offense. They're scoring a lot of points, but they're basically giving up just as many as they're scoring. So, once again, if the Lions can shave off the little bit there on the defensive side, just like you mentioned with the Ravens, I'm sure that they can have a very good season, much better than probably we we thought in the offseason. So, I like what the Lions are doing. This is a kind of a crushing loss, though, man, because they – they had this one, and 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 they looked so good on offense, and, and then just kind of gave it away at the end of the fourth quarter. So, uh, hats off to the Vikings. Tough loss for the Lions here. Yeah, the Lions. They're the media wants them to be so good because of hard knocks. I mean, I like Dan Campbell. He, he I don't know if he's more show than he is. You know, uh, an X's and O's guy. He seems more like this you know, this uh, unicorn coach, if you will, of just he's just this rah-rah guy. I don't know if that gets it done anymore in the NFL. He's really got to start proving that he can actually start building some wins here. We've said that we expect the Lions to be better, but like you you just said, he's they're not really showing it in terms of wins and losses yet. Granted, we're only through three weeks, but they got to start turning around here, finishing games. Next, we get into what was probably the game of the week going into the going into the week, but did not turn out to be turned out to be a bit of a snooze fest until the like the last two minutes. Packers hold on after Tom Brady and the Bucks uh, come within two points of sending it to overtime after a a questionable penalty. I think it was the the, the analysts were saying that you know that doesn't really get called that that's a close call, but I think it was kind of obvious, so I don't understand that kind of dynamic there. But, uh, yeah, the Packers hold on. They got two touchdowns, I think, in their opening drives and then stalled the rest of the game. Yeah, they they started off on fire. Aaron Rodgers came in like he was ready to win this game. And, you know, they were up, I think, 14 to 3. They're Mm -hmm. driving basically on the goal line on the the third drive it was, fourth drive. It it should have been basically 21 to 3 at that point. But they had the turnover right there at the goal line, and everything changed. I mean, from that point on, the Packers don't score again, and the, Buc- the Buccaneers get up to 12 points. Um, the Buccaneers are struggling on offense. There's no question about it. The offensive line, with the injuries, and everything has really taken a hit. 
couple of new guys in there, but the injuries really is what's taking a hit there. But it's not just that. It's the wide receivers. I mean, who's, who's Brady going to throw to? He needs those wide receivers to get back. So until they do, until the offensive line gets healthy in jails, until the wide receivers get back, the, the Buccaneers are going to struggle on offense. But the defense is so good, it, it's keeping them in these games. And, and Tom Brady is so good, it's keeping them in these games. So uh, Buccaneers have a lot of work to do. I think they'll get there. But it may be a few weeks before we see the Tampa Bay that we kind of expected heading into the season. At what point does Gronk does Gronkowski return? I, that's what we're all asking, right? He told us he's done, but, you know, we've heard that before, right? From him yeah. and from Brady and from Brett Favre. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, who knows who's going to show up? <laughs> I'm I'm predicting, especially if – if uh, I think Godwin's out with an injury right now. If he misses extended time and they just say Evans goes down after he returns from suspension, then then you're really – you're you're really hosed there if you're Brady. You got you got to call in a lot of favors. <laughs> got to call in a lot of trades, a lot of signings. Yeah, yeah. And you know what we're really seeing here, and and I don't we won't get off the rails for long here. But with the the, the Packers and the Buccaneers both, you're seeing teams that have won in the past, but they have a lot of money tied up in the quarterback position, especially mm-hmm. the Packers, and they have a lot of money tied up in some other veteran players. So they've They've had to let some of their guys go over the past two or three seasons, and that hurts the depth. So when somebody gets injured and you say, well, next man up, well, next man up isn't as good as he was two or three years ago because they've had to let some of the guys go. And, and again, it's not a huge deficit, but it allows teams like the, the Bills and, and other teams who have rookie contracts quarterback, allows them to have a chance against people like Brady and Rodgers. Yeah, it it is difficult, especially for the Packers because – Aaron Rodgers is just holding that 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 franchise hostage, and even though the Packers won, I am concerned about them moving forward. Um, I don't know that the I'm not ready to say the Vikings are a threat to them, but they gotta get turned around on offense. They really do, or else they're just not going to be they're not going to be winning much. They're just not going to be, no matter how good that defense is. If the offense can't score any points, even with Aaron Rodgers, they're not going to go anywhere. They're just not. Totally agree, and I think it. Can they muddle their way through the regular season with a lot of wins? I think so. But in the playoffs, when you're playing good teams who have good defenses and good quarterbacks, just as good as what you've got, that's when it's really going to start to show up. Uh, how deep can they even go? Not, not like I said, not very far. <laughs> they're they're looking at, like I said, not not right now. They're not a threat right now. The Vikings are of no threat. Sorry, Vikings fans. I think we've been crapping on you for a while now, but (laughs) just, you know, temper your expectations. But um, Moving on, uh, the Rams, uh, they went into Arizona, and the offense looked good uh, in the first half. Kind of stalled out a little bit in the second half, but they they still pulled out the win. Kyler Murray had the stats and the box score, but – you know, if you watch his performance, was not very good. The Rams win that one twenty to twelve. Uh, ben, I think you said last week that the Cardinals' offense was kind of primed to let loose on this defense here, but that just did not come to fruition. Yeah, I thought so. And, and again, we know Jekyll and Hyde offense for the Cardinals, but I yeah. thought they get shut out in the first half. They'll get loose in the second half. They'll they'll put it together. Well, that never happened. Hats off to the Rams' defense. The Cardinals could not run the football. And so when that happens, that allows the Rams defense to then kind of clamp down a little bit on the receivers a little bit more. Murray's running around making all kinds of plays. He's doing his thing. 
but he can't complete as many passes. And that shows up there. I think he was, what, 37 of 58. So that really cuts down on the efficiency. And that turns potentially touchdown drives into field goal drives. And that's what happened to the Cardinals uh, offense here. Uh, hats off to the Rams for, for putting this together. Yeah, defense really came up strong. And like I said, I this is another team I'm worried about. You know, this is an offensive league. But, man, defense is winning a lot of games in these first three weeks. The The Rams is another team I'm concerned about in terms of this offense. They've had one game where their offense looked like it did last year. The, the first game against the Bills was not good. And even this, you know, this past week against the Cardinals, in the first half, yeah, it looked good. But I want to see a, a string of complete games where the offense is just looking impressive instead of just – a quarter here, two drives there. I, it, it can't be sporadic if you're trying to repeat. Yeah, and I'm not sure we're going to see it. The, the Rams, Buccaneers, Packers are all struggling on offense. And the Eagles at the moment have looked like the best in the NFC. Whether or not that continues, we'll see. But the NFC is wide open up for grabs at the top. And aside from the Eagles, none of the other teams have looked as good as we expected them to. No, it, it has been – it's it's been uh, – I want to say it's been predictable the first three weeks in terms of overall results, like wins, losses, in a way. But how it's playing out on the field is totally not what anyone expected, I don't think. That's, ex that's exactly right. We expected Rams, Buccaneers, Packers to not be as good as they were last year, but we didn't expect them to look this bad. <laughs> not <really> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They do not look good, even though they're winning, to be quite honest about it. And as a Commander fan with the NFC wide open, and division, quite frankly, you know, the NFC East is probably the uh, the best division in the NFC right now. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> think we'd be saying that. Go figure. But, yeah, not looking good for my Commanders. Just awful, awful. And then the uh, the last matchup that we uh, covered last week, last game, was uh, the Broncos and the Niners. That's a game that was – we want to talk about a snooze fest. Uh, <laughs> special teams coordinators and special teams aces, they were rejoicing watching this game. They were they were having the time of their lives. Uh, I, th I think there was more punts than uh, points scored in the entire game. Russell Wilson, I really like Russell Wilson. I still think he's an elite quarterback. Many do not. I'm still one that believes he's an elite quarterback and that he can. you can pretty much put him anywhere and he'll succeed. That is not looking like the case right now, and I don't know if that's Nathaniel Hackett's scheme or coaching or if that's Russell Wilson. I'm inclined to think that it's not Russell Wilson, but again, that's just me probably standing my ground here. But that was rough outside of that last drive. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. At, at, at this point, early in the season, the Broncos have not looked good. They're still 2-1, and one, so credit to them for that. But they haven't looked good, especially on offense. Um, I, I'll give that to, to newness at this point in the season. If we go halfway through the season and we're still seeing that, I'm going to start chalking that up to the coaching staff. Um, are they putting these guys in the right spots? Uh, do they need to simplify the offense? Do they need to go in a different direction with the offense? Uh, it would it would take the whole season of struggles for me to chalk that up to Russell Wilson. I'm, I'm certainly nowhere near ready to do that. The Wilson we saw at the end of the game, that last drive, where he's running around, he's making plays, yeah. 
You know, he's, he's doing all sorts of kind of, that. That's the Wilson we know and love. It's not the guy who sits back in the pocket. So, you know, again, I would love to see them purposely get him outside the pocket a little bit, even if he doesn't run it. Just make some plays out there on the on the sides. Go left and right, and then let him settle back into the pocket, do some deep dive, do some play action. They're not running the football very well right now either, so they have some offensive line troubles. That's contributing. Uh, not great, but hats off to the Broncos for going 2-1 and one so far. I am not worried about Jimmy G. The guy didn't have a playbook for the entire offseason, and probably till two weeks after he signed the contract, he probably then got a playbook. He had throwing shoulder surgery, and he looked bad, and everyone is like, oh, same Jimmy G. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is his first start. He didn't have a playbook, and he had throwing sh- shoulder surgery. Calm down. You have a great team. He's got to shake off a little bit of rust here. If this was Trey Lance, you all wouldn't think anything of it. So, Ben, do you think that uh, this is same old Jimmy G, or do you uh, take those factors into consideration like I am? No, I, I agree with you. Now, you know, I actually like same old Jimmy G. I, I, I don't think mm-hmm. he carries teams to Super Bowl wins necessarily, but he gives you a chance week in and week out. He's going to have a couple of ugly weeks, but in general, he's going to keep you competitive every single week. And, you know, I think obviously the 49ers love him. I think that's why they were hesitant to uh, to let go of him in the first place. Um, in spite of in spite of the, the confusion there with Trey Lance and, it, you know, how bizarre can that get? But I think they'll be fine with Jimmy G. I think the bigger problems, again, for the 49ers now are the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Troubles at center and, and one of the other, I think, guard tackle spots. I don't remember which. But now Trent Williams is out for a few weeks too, the left tackle. So that's their bigger problem. But the defense is looking pretty good. Traverius Ward, their cornerback, is looking pretty good. The free agent from uh, from Kansas City. So I like what the 49ers are doing here, even though they're one and two. We'll see if they can pull it out next week. I think they've got a tough matchup next week that we'll, we'll talk about. Um, but I like what they're doing. I don't think Jimmy G's their biggest problem. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do moving forward here. All right, Ben. That's it for our recap. Uh, what, what was your biggest surprise? What was your biggest surprise from week three? And <laughs> I have a feeling I know what it is, but <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Honestly, there's a bunch, but we're not talking about all of them. The one, the one that was biggest to me is the Dolphins beating the Bills, okay? And I don't know if that's the one you had in mind or not. but uh, It was one of the two. It was one <laughs> of the two. I knew the Dolphins could win this game. But I didn't think they would, and I especially didn't think they'd win it this way, um, 21 to 19. Uh, the Bills have troubles in the secondary with a lot of injuries, but that's not exactly what cost them this game. What cost them this game is that they couldn't score <laughs> more than 19 points. <laughs> so yeah. I have a lot of respect for the Dolphins. Can they actually do this all year long? I have no idea, but they're 3-0. and um, They just beat what everybody thought was the best team in the NFL, uh, you know, all things considered, that's hats off to them. I know they had the humidity in their favor and some secondary injuries for the Bills in their favor, but they found a way to win this game. And so that was my biggest surprise. I Also, I would throw in there the Raiders being 0-3. Um, I thought the Raiders would come out a lot, uh, at least at least 1-2, and two, yeah. <laughs> top 2-1. and one. Instead, right. they're 0-3. They don't look good. They look confused. They look sloppy. Uh, not a good start for the Raiders either. 
No, not at all. I was expecting you to say that the Chiefs lost to Colts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, I mean, Mahomes by no means had a bad game. But that is, in Mahomes' terms, like I think it was like 250 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. Right. That's that's a bad Mahomes game, <laughs> which is crazy. It's crazy to say that, but uh, Chiefs aren't going to win many games like that. Their defense, I don't know about you. I have concerns about it. But the, the Colts finally got things turned around for a game. I don't see it, that being sustainable. Uh, Jonathan Taylor hasn't – he got going a little bit, but he hasn't found his groove yet this season. I don't anticipate that continuing. I think he is going to get back on track eventually. It's just – it's just taking a little bit while, a little while. Uh, not good for me as a fantasy owner, but yeah. Getting back to one of the points uh, that I made towards the beginning of the show, this was the perfect week of football, and not that anything was spectacular. There was, by by many accounts, this was a boring week in terms of like you know. There wasn't any big shootouts. There wasn't like outstanding performances by big names. In fact, the big names had very subpar weeks other than Lamar Jackson. But it, it pointed out very important things that make football such a great game. This is a team sport. However, so a team sport in terms of all three phases must mesh together. All three phases. People always forget special teams. We saw it in the, the Broncos-Niners game. We saw it with the uh, the butt punt in D- the Dolphins game that almost cost them their game. We see it in these defensive matchups with the Buccaneers and the Packers. Special teams matters, and it can determine the outcome of the game. I think, uh, what was it, the, the Monday night game, that guy almost fumbled the, fumbled the punt. I think it was the, the Dallas uh, Giants game. I think the guy almost fumbled the punt when he fielded it. Like that would have been a huge game changer right there, and I know there's you know there's a lot of ifs and all that, but all three phases are extremely important. The quarterback position is also extremely important. It's the most important position in all of sports. However, even if you have the guy, he must execute. AKA Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray. These guys have to execute. I'm not saying these guys are bad quarterbacks. These are all three of those guys can be considered top ten quarterbacks. But you have got to execute, and it, it this and I love defense just as much as the next guy that loves football. I know you do, Ben. You can appreciate some good defensive games. This was just a fantastic week of football, perfect week that just encapsulates everything that we love about football. I loved it. Yeah, and I think we're in for more of that this year. Um, at maybe by week nine or ten, one or two teams might truly step out from the pack, but I think we're in for a lot of this. A lot of this this year where a lot of teams look very similar, a lot of close games. Some of them are even kind of sludgy, ugly, running back defense kind of games. Um, and I like it. I know not everybody does, but I think we're in for a lot of that this year. I really do. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect a, a perfect moment when I think it was Donovan Mitchell uh, from the NBA. He tweeted out like that this that the game, the Niners-Broncos game was poop. I was like, of course, you're in the NBA. You love high-scoring games. Of course, a defensive matchup, a special teams like brawl, pretty much. That's not going to be appealing to many people. But to us, it's interesting because it's like, man, like, it's just like 
in defensive matchups or uh, defensive games like that where defense is just dominating, there is more tension that just keeps building and building and building until, you know, eventually someone's going to uncork it. And it's going to be like, oh, my, someone finally broke through. And that wasn't necessarily necessarily the case with the Broncos Niners games, but I love those games where it's just the it just keeps building and building and building. This is why I love football. I, I, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, and honestly, my my favorite game is twenty four to twenty. Right, I don't need the yeah. fifty three fifty, but I can enjoy a good eleven to ten game. I don't mind that. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. I'm your host, Brandon, and each episode, we'll look to bring you clear, concise fantasy football data, along with the tools and tricks that will help you dominate in your respective fantasy leagues. The goal of the show will be to bring you the analysis without all the fluff other fantasy football podcasts have. Some of those shows, although they may be insightful, last over an hour, and I want to get you back to doing whatever else it is that you love to do. Come join me on our fantasy football journeys this season, and hopefully at the end of it all, we'll be celebrating and raving about our championships together. See you all at our first episode. From Brandon, with Phantom Sports Industries, this is the Phantom Fantasy Football Show. For all of your Northwest sports needs, check out northwestsportsdesk.com, an up-and-coming sports blog based out of the Northwest and a partner of Phantom Sports Industries. All right, so getting into week four, we have a lot of uh, division games. Uh, but the first one is a game that maybe not a lot of people are looking at. It's the Jaguars going to Philadelphia. They're six and a half point underdogs, which is, if you asked me before the season, I'd probably say that's a light. <laughs> but given how the Jaguars have looked through three games, they're looking pretty impressive. Trevor Lawrence looks to have turned a corner under Doug Peterson. Is this a trap game for the Eagles, who, who, as we already mentioned, looks like the best team in the NFC currently or at, at this moment? Is this a trap game for them because the aura around the Jaguars, like, oh, it's the Jags, it's just Jacksonville. It, that's, that's, you, you chalk that up as a dub before the, when the schedules are released before the games are even played. Um, is this a trap game for them? And then is this also a litmus test for Trevor Lawrence going up against a real defense that has looked very impressive through three weeks. Or at least yes, two to, for that. yes to all of that. Um, and again, this week will come and go like all the others, right? Next week will yeah. be another litmus test and another trap game and, and et cetera. But yes to all of that. 
Uh, we'll get, you got Doug Peterson coming back to Philadelphia to, with with a different oh, team. Oh yeah, how did I that, forget that? My goodness. <laughs> uh, you're right about Trevor Lawrence. We're seeing from Trevor Lawrence now what we thought we would see from him in his rookie season, which was basically a wasted season, right? Yeah. Um, he's not setting the world on fire this year, but he looks more like a rookie, a talented rookie is what he looks like. And we're seeing that this year. The Jaguars' offensive line is better. Their defense is better. Everything is better. Doug Peterson seems to have them a lot more organized and comfortable and confident and playing harder. I mean, everything's better. I'm still picking the Eagles in this game. You mentioned they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm-hmm. That feels a little big to me, but it's yeah. it's going to be hard for me to pick a kind of a new, newly refurbished Jaguars team with a second-year quarterback to go into Philly and win. So give me the Eagles. I'm not sure if I like them to cover. I definitely like them to win. But uh, I, I'll pick them to cover since Vegas has already got them at six and a half. I'll take the Eagles at a touchdown. But you're right. The, Jag- the Jaguars don't have to go into this game afraid or intimidated or hanging their head or anything. They could win this football game. It wouldn't surprise anybody, even as good as the Eagles have looked. And they looked fantastic. There is no part of the Eagles that has looked bad this year. I mean, nothing. <laughs> Matter of fact, the Eagles may have been – the Eagles may be the best-looking team through three weeks that we've seen. I mean, all the way through. So, for that reason, I'll pick the Eagles. But the Jaguars can win this game, no question about it. should be a fun game. But give me the Eagles here. Um, what do you think on this? I'm not going to disagree with you, but this scenario that's currently playing out in my head – Doug Peterson has some skin in this game. He's clearly circled it on on his calendar when the schedule came out. He had three weeks to get Trevor Lawrence ready. I think if, if the offensive line can, you know, uphold against that impressive Philly Philly front seven, I think he's going to let Trevor Lawrence loose. Like he's going to be calling shots all game. What are the Jaguars happening? I mean, really? I mean, yes, their division is wide open, but no one's going to come after them if they lose to the Eagles, even in spectacular fashion. Right? It, it's not going to be a surprise. Doug Peterson has nothing to lose. And that's scary. When someone has revenge on their mind and also nothing to lose. I, I still think the Eagles win this game. I don't know a score... I can see it being a defensive game. I can see it being a shootout. To me, this a score is is too hard to predict here. But I do like the Jaguars to cover. But man, that scenario where Trevor Lawrence just lets loose for four hundred and four touchdowns, and it's all Doug Peterson. You know that 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 part I would love. I would love that to happen. Yeah, I agree, and we'll see. I think it'll be an entertaining game. Um, I the Jack the. The Jaguars are basically a year ahead of where I thought they would be. I did not expect them to look this good this year. I thought, well, maybe next year. But they're already showing signs of life here, no question about it. All right, going into Bills at Ravens, first big matchup we're talking about this week. Uh, You know, we talked about the Bills debacle at the end of the game. Uh, You know, that kind of stuff just can't happen at the end of the game. Just kind of boneheaded play uh, by Isaiah McKenzie. And I'm not going to rag on him any more than – you know, anybody else already has. But the Ravens, they looked impressive. I think they've hung 30, I think, all three games. Correct me if I'm wrong. Lamar Jackson looks like an MVP. We've already established that. Um, however, these two teams, 
they have in the past few seasons, they have had high expectations um, on them. And they can never seem to get very far. They can't seem to get past the divisional round uh, in the playoffs. Which team has more at stake in this game? I, I'll take the Ravens on that, mainly because the Ravens have been up and down, up and down. The Bills, at least, you can see kind of a progression from year to year. Each year, they kind of push a little farther than they did the year before. Um, there's no question about it. A lot at stake here for both teams, if for no other reason than that they're both 2-1. and one, And somebody's yeah. out of this game at 2-2, two and two, and we're going to be talking about, well, what's wrong with this 2-2 two and two football team that we all expected to be better? Well, it's that early season quirk of the schedule where – two teams at two and one happen to be playing each other. Right. So, and again, next week, both teams will have big games and we'll be playing it all over again. I think both teams are going to have a good season. I think the Ravens have a little bit more, maybe because of the Lamar Jackson stuff that's going on. And and because of the inconsistency, the Ravens have experienced the past two or three seasons should be a fun game. Uh, The line is the bills favored by three in Baltimore. I think I'm going to take Baltimore here. Um, I, I really do. If you give me the points, give me Baltimore, which basically is picking the Baltimore to win straight up. But uh, give me the, give me Baltimore to win. The The Bills still have I, – I don't know if they're going to have all their secondary guys back this week. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to have a pretty good time getting to throw the football again, run the football around a little bit. And uh, if last week was any indication, which, by the way, <laughs> the Ravens secondary is struggling too, right? They're giving yeah. up all passing yards to all kinds of people. But if they can turn the ball over once or twice on Josh Allen, then I, I, I think the Ravens win this football game. I think it's an entertaining game. I think I like the over here. Vegas put it at 52, which is basically 27 to 25 or 27 to 24 or something like that. I think I like the over here. I'm not sure I trust either team's secondary this week to shut down two pretty spectacular quarterbacks. So uh, maybe give me the, uh, the Ravens 31 to 30, something like that. So I'm going to agree with your pick. I'm going to go way over on the over there. I think we talked about these defensive games, right? I think we're going complete opposite this week. I think the Jaguars-Eagles can be a big uh, offensive game. And I think this game, I would not be at all shocked if both teams get in the 40s. You know, like, like you said, the Bills had – Injuries on the secondary. The The Ravens' defense seems to be a mess right now, especially in the secondary. I think both – I see this game going both teams in the 40s. I'm going to say that the, the Ravens uh, get this 43-40. to 40. They're at home. The Bills had a dumb game last week. I think they might have – you know, there might be a little something going on up here in, uh, in their head there that's going a little haywire, like what the heck just happened. You know, by the way, they possessed the ball for 41 minutes last week. We didn't mention that part. They possessed it for 41 minutes and lost. (laughs) I think that's going to screw with their psyche a little bit. But the offense is going to be fine. They're going to score a lot of points. I like the Ravens in this one. However, I am going to disagree with you. I think the Bills have more at stake in this game because they're the media's darling. They're the media's sweetheart. And when someone falls from their graces, they fall fast. And they fall hard. And granted, it's only four weeks in, but there's going to be like, oh, what's wrong with Josh Allen? What's wrong with the Bills? Even after he throws for five touchdowns, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with this? 
is is Sean McDermott should he be on the hot seat all of a sudden because he had Super Bowl hopes and now you're five up like at, ugh, get get that kind of crap away from me I hate that but in terms of who has more at stake I think the Bills do just because the expectations that everyone has on them. It's a fair point. Um, the media has to have something to write about, and whatever that is, they'll they'll run with it, right? <laughs> what are we ta- What are we talking about here, Ben? We're the media. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to maybe a less exciting matchup, uh, but it's still an important one nonetheless. Uh, it's a division on uh, NFC, or sorry, not NFC South, AFC South. Uh, the Titans at the Colts. Um, both teams gained traction, uh, getting getting wins in Week Three. But the AFC South is open. I don't know who's going to end up winning this. I feel like this game could be determining either seeding or maybe like tiebreakers when it gets to to to, to January. I don't know what to expect from this game. I could I see two offenses that are pretty much a mess, uh, two quarterbacks that don't know where they're going or where they are at currently in their careers at this point in their careers. It's not an exciting game, but it's a close game and it's an AFC South game. Ben, what what are you looking at in this game, and who is who is under more pressure, uh, Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill? Well, that's a fascinating question, and I'm not even sure I have an answer to Tannehill versus. Uh... Ryan, I, I would say Matt Ryan because he's new to the team and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to him to upgrade of what they had the past couple of seasons. I think, though, the two teams in this game, the Colts and the Titans, I think both of them are feeling more pressure than the Bills and the Ravens from the last oh, game. Because for sure. both of these teams have looked awful this year. Um, both got wins last week, but now one of them, is going to come out of this week with another loss. And that's either going to be one and three for the Titans or it's going to be one, two, and one for the Colts. So with the, with Jacksonville already looking better in that division, I, I think the stakes are pretty high here for both of these teams to try to get a win here. I, it, that, that's what's really striking me about this game. Um, Colts three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I think I agree with that. Um, I already expected the Colts to be better in the first place heading end of the year. So uh, give them the Colts to cover there. Uh, the over-under is 42-and-a-half. That's something like 23-20. to 20. And That sounds about right. I, I don't think I would – I know I wouldn't take the over. I'm not sure I would take the under either, but that sounds pretty close. Uh, given the Colts to win with the points there by more than three-and-a-half, should be a good tight game. Um, a lot of pressure here for both teams to avoid this loss, though. I would stay away from the over-under on this game because I could very easily see this game going under. You have – two backs in Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, where this, if they both do what they do, what we know they can do, it's just going to be a fight for time of possession and running out the clock. You know, who has it with six minutes left in the fourth quarter? Can they just run the, run the timeout? I could very easily see this being like a 21, 19 type of game. I think that in terms of Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill, I do agree with you. I think Matt Ryan is under more pressure because he has not he has not been able to fill the shoes that Carson Wentz has left. <laughs> uh, so I'm going with Matt Ryan there as far as uh, in terms of who's under pressure more. In terms of who wins the game, I actually like the Titans in this one. I just don't believe 
the, in the Colts after what I've I've seen in the first three weeks. It hasn't been good. It has not been, and I was actually very optimistic about Matt Ryan because I've always been a, a fan of Matt Ryan, and he looks just god awful. He looks worse than Ryan Tannehill has, and that's saying something. Your point about the running backs is great because each each one of these quarterbacks could produce something in this game, right? But they're not as likely to do it as the running backs. And so we could see a lot of carries, a lot of moving clocks throughout this whole game, could eat up a ton of time without the ball really even being moved very far at all. It's a great point. So, yeah, um, just to strengthen what I said, I I think that's even more reasons to avoid the over. I'm going to take the under, but I, that 23 to 20 feels pretty close. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you there. I would I – would... I personally wouldn't take it because, you know, any it, these are NFL franchises. They're more than capable of scoring over 20 points, both of these teams. They're not that terrible. Right. But I just see this as like a as a running a, a running game like for both backs just gaining traffic, gaining traction. Uh, both teams probably over 100 yards rushing, maybe even over 150. Yeah, I, I definitely like that. I would bet the over on the rushing yards though. Whatever it said it, I would bet the over. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> Fantastic point. Which, by the way, side note, we're seeing a lot of that this year. Yeah, uh, a lot of teams either because they have newness, or because the offensive side of the football is just completely underdeveloped in terms of roster building. We're seeing a lot of teams who are running the football a lot this year, as opposed to passing as much as we've seen in past years. I, I, I don't know, probably at least ten or twelve teams doing that this year. The Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, and Travis Etienne is not nearly what I thought he would be at this point. But then again, this is technically his rookie season. He missed last year, but and he's looked terrible. But James Robinson's looked really good, and that you can't say that it has not helped Trevor Lawrence at all. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, moving on to I think what's going to be the game of the week, maybe <laughs> uh, the Chiefs at the Bucks. Uh, this line is shocking to me a little bit. The Bucks are two-point underdogs at home. And I will never make the mistake again of betting against Tom Brady. But at the same time, he doesn't have his weapons. And I think Mike Evans is coming back. He was only suspended for the one game. How much of a difference is that going to make, though, in terms of, like, is that enough for Brady to, to get back on track. Is that enough for this Bucks offense to get back on track? And is it enough to potentially outscore uh, Pat, Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense? Yeah, it's a great question. Now, me personally, I think for most of this game, I think both teams are going to struggle to score here. I really do. Um, let's start with the Buccaneers. You just mentioned it. Who's, who's Brady going to throw the football to? Mike exactly. Evans back. But, you know, they can double Mike Evans if they want to. And then who's Brady going to throw the football to? So that that's one big issue. They have the offensive line that's a big issue. They've got – we already knew that they were replacing a couple of people heading into the season, but now they've had injuries stacking up. So the offensive line is nothing like what we saw for the Buccaneers the past two seasons. Even, even the Chiefs on the flip side are struggling to score points the way that we are used to them say, in the year that they won the Super Bowl. Um, even last year wasn't as good as what, we, what, we're, what we're used to seeing from them. And, and there's reasons for that we won't get into. I think – and that's Buccaneers defense has given up 
19 points, 20, uh, 10 points, and 14 points. The Buccaneers' defense is looking stout. Yeah. So I think both teams struggle to score the football here. Um, I think I am going to take the Chiefs to win the game, though. Um, they, they're they healthier is <laughs> really the biggest yeah. reason. So give me the Chiefs to win. Um, I think Mahomes makes enough plays to win this game. I think it's a little bit ugly at times. Still a fascinating, interesting game. But that's where I'm going. I'm interested to see where you come out on this, though. I am going to take the Buccaneers. Like I said, I don't I don't bet against Tom Brady anymore. I'm I'm right. past that phase in my life. That's where very bad. I hate <laughs> I'm I'm past that phase of my life where I hate everything about Tom Brady and everything he says and does. I'm past that point because the, <laughs> he's he's proven me wrong far far too many times and i can definitely see the chiefs winning this game i definitely would stay away from this game as far as betting because i don't think any of us know what the heck's gonna happen patrick mahomes and uh offensive coordinator eric b they had kind of a blowing up on the sideline going into the half of that game against the colts i think it was based on the decision to run the ball on the 50 yard line with 34 seconds left that is definitely a head scratcher but there's clearly something something else going on there. You know, I've heard that there's been some friction there in the past. I'm not saying that's going to carry over, but it is something to note. I'm taking the Bucks in this one. I think it's a it's it's a very close game. The Chiefs definitely cover two points. I think it's going to be a one score game. Um I'm gonna go with I am gonna say it's like 24-22. Yeah, totally agree. I with with basically, basically what you're saying there on the score should be a tight game. Should be dramatic, interesting all the way through. Two of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we are going to be getting into our final matchup, uh, which is going to be the Rams at the Niners. In the past couple seasons, it's been an interesting game. The Niners have had the Rams number at least in the regular season. Jimmy G did not look good last week, but as I said, he had surgery. He's still recovering from. He didn't have a playbook. And Trent Williams is out, I believe, for a month. It's been confirmed he's going to be out for at least a month, I, I believe. And this Rams defensive line, they're they're still pretty good. They're, they're, st- they're still have Aaron Donald. They're still pretty darn good up there. I think that it's going to be tough for this uh, to be a get-right game for Jimmy G. But I still think it can happen. I just don't know that it will. Um, do you think he can bounce back in this game? And then also, this 49ers defense is for real. That being said, though, if the Rams offense can't get going, that'll be three out of four games where the Rams offense does not look very good. It, are Are they considered to be in trouble if that is the case? Yes, maybe not in the regular season. I'll start with the Rams there. By the way, I, I've got to throw this in. Um, thank you for everybody who's listening. We are international now. We have people listening in more than one country. Uh, but I did want to give a specific shout-out. Uh, uh, Robertson, me and, you, me and you talked about this uh, last yeah. week. And we have someone who's listening to us in Belgium. We have no clue who you are. Yeah. But whoever you are, if you're listening again this week, thank you very much. Yes, uh, thank you. Up, let us know who you are. Uh, but any, anybody to us from anywhere around. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to start with the Rams side of that. The Rams have a problem, and that is 
they don't have enough weapons. We saw it at the Super Bowl last year. When Odell Beckham goes goes down, you still have Cooper Cup. But he can all he's one guy. He can only do so much damage. And 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 you know, defenses can cover everything else. And if the Rams can't run the football, which at the moment they're not doing a particularly great job of, uh, that offense just isn't gonna crank out a lot of points. It's just not. So They'll be okay on the regular season because the rest of the NFC is struggling too. But when you get to the playoffs, somebody's going to have improved by then. Somebody's going to have stepped up by then. If, if the Rams haven't figured out their offensive struggles, it's going to be a problem in the playoffs, no doubt about it. I like the Rams to win this game, though. The biggest reason is I, Jimmy G will be fine. His offensive line doesn't look fine, though. They were awful, awful uh, the other night against the, uh, the Broncos. And Trent Williams not being there, that's the that's the best left tackle in football. That's going to have a big effect on an offensive line that already had some question marks. So I think Garoppolo probably struggles, not because of himself, but because of the offensive line. And I, I don't think it's a runaway here for the Rams, but give me the Rams to win this game and, and to cover here. I believe the over-under is set at 41.5. Are you taking the over-under on that? I'm not going to take the over. No, that that's basically 22 to 20, right? That, yeah. That feels about right. But I would take the under before I would take the over here. I I don't really see either team just lighting it up, um, you know, barring the – you know, you always have that team some week who just for inexplicably lights up the other team. Yeah. I don't really see either team scoring a lot of points here to, on, on Sunday. I don't either, and I'm getting pretty aggressive here with my over-unders, and that's going to continue <laughs> with this game because I see this being pretty much a repeat of the Broncos-Niners game. I think the final score is going to be something like 13-9. to Right. I'm going to go with the Rams just because I think they have more firepower on offense, even though they are struggling. I see them scoring more points with – their offense against the 49ers defense as opposed to the 49ers defense against the Rams or 49ers offense as uh, going up against the Rams defense. Um, like I said, I think it's going to be like 13 to 9, 16 to 9, something like that, where it's just a very low scoring game. Points are going to come at a premium. It's going to be a defensive game. Both teams are struggling in their own right. I just don't see this as a game in which it's going to be pretty for either team on the offensive side of the ball. I agree. And if I could take it a step further, and and by the way, we don't get into a lot of matchups on this podcast for sake of time. Right. We could. No, I'm going to here. If we could talk about Aaron Donald specifically against that 49ers offensive line without Trent Williams and without their their center that they've had so, for so many years, that's a horrible matchup. Like that is yeah. a nightmare scenario for the 49ers. So I agree. I think they're going to struggle to score points. Big time. That is the the worst matchup you could have. Um, yeah. Eric crushing the middle of that line. They're going to struggle to run the football unless they get creative, which, by the way, Shanahan can. He can get creative. He can kind of mix and match and dink and dunk yeah. and do things. He, he'll, he'll be doing that. It's not going to be enough, though, I don't think, for them to score a lot of points. And I think the Rams score enough points here with Stafford and Cooper Cup to win the game, but I, you know, I don't, I don't see the over here either. I, I'm with you on that. I see more of an under than an over. Yeah, I'm just getting pretty aggressive here. I feel like taking some chances. <laughs> the this... one thing that worries me, the one thing that bothers me is 
Vegas picked the 49ers to win this game. And so I'm wondering, what do they know that I don't? Because I just don't see it here. The, the longer we talk about it, the more of a matchup I think this favors the Rams and favors the under. Um, so I ask myself always, what is Vegas looking at here that I don't see? Because I don't see it. I think they're just looking at the history of the regular season matchups in the past two years. I think it's been where the Niners have pretty much just owned the Rams, which fair, I guess, but I don't, I don't really like it. Vegas does that. They're like, Oh yeah, it'll, it'll just be a repeat of of history. Like, eh, I mean, I guess, but I just don't see the Niners able to score enough points the way that, you know, what we just talked about. Um, And I'm definitely taking the under on that, as I said. Um, anything to look for in week four specifically? Are you looking at anything? Are you excited about a certain matchup we didn't talk about? Is there a certain <laughs> player you want to look out for? Yes, there is. Actually, give me one second. I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, the Bears and the Giants. Okay. <laughs> yes, we did talk about this. Oh God. <laughs> talk about this. Okay. <laughs> Neither team can throw the football, okay? <laughs> not because they don't want – not because Bills can't throw a football. They can. The Bears seem either unwilling to risk injury to him or unwilling to allow him to throw the football. The Giants can't throw the football because, well, they have Daniel Jones at quarterback, unfortunately. And yet somehow both teams are 2-1. and one. <laughs> is going to be 3-0 and oh this week. So – Hats off to them, as ugly as it has been. One of you are going to be three and one after this week. Bears or Giants, hats off to you as a franchise. Enjoy it if you're the fan base. Should be an interesting close game. Starts at one Eastern. Um, look out for it. <laughs> if if that is true, <laughs> one of these two scenarios will also be true. A team that has won three of their four games, so their first four games, will have done so without completing 40, 40 passes total. Yes. <laughs> right now, I think it's at 23. I'm predicting it's going to be less than 40 by the end of this week. Okay. <laughs> or Daniel Jones will have won three of his first four games of the season. Yes. <laughs> I, I, what is this season, man? I don't even know. But – I have a prediction on that game that you already know about because we talked about it before we hit record. I think this is going to be a tie. <laughs> it's headed for a tie. It's headed for like a 10-10 tie. Yes. I, the over-under on this game is 39. I'm pretty sure that's too high. Now, now again, like you, like, you, like you were fond of saying, these are NFL teams. They have playmakers. They they find a way to move the ball, especially in the fourth quarter when one of the teams starts getting desperate and start needing needing to try to win. We see a lot of that in the fourth quarter of these games. But it is entirely possible that both teams end up under 39 here, and that's not even a big over-under at all. No, that's that's one of the lowest ones I think we've seen this season. I think one of the lower ones was like 38, 37, 38. I think that was like week one. If I'm, I don't, I don't remember what game it was, but. 30, they, they do not believe in either of these quarterbacks. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change my score prediction. I think it's a tie. I'm going to say it's like 16-16. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, all, all joking aside, I will take the Giants to win. I think they have 
made more improvements than the Bears. I think they're heading in a better direction than the Bears, and they're at home. So I, I'm going to pick the Giants to win this game, but uh, don't look for a lot of points here. Oh, God. As a Commander fan, that makes me sick. Uh, <laughs> I can't have – I can't have – the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants all have three wins or more. Right. And we only have one. I can't, like... Uh, well, let's talk I, about the Commanders and the Cowboys. Uh, Commanders, a three-point dog in Dallas this week. Uh, it hasn't been pretty, but, uh, you know, Cooper Rush hasn't been lighting it up either. What do you think? I think that Carson Wentz is going to have under 200 yards passing. I think he's going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of six to six to eight sacks again. Cooper Rush is going to have over 300 yards passing. Uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard are going to have over 80 yards rushing. It's going to be a it's going to be a slaughter. I don't even know. I have to. Not because you know I have to for work or anything like that, but I have to watch this game. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a Dallas Washington matchup. You have to watch it, no matter how ugly it gets. This is going to be very ugly. Um, it's also in Dallas, so they're they're excited for their Cooper Rush. And granted, I don't think he's one of the best thirty-two starters, but here comes like you know, oh, he's the replacement for Dak. I'm not liking it. I think Micah Parsons is going to get like three or four sacks in this game alone. It's going to be awful for me for the next week. Actually, well, it's going to be awful for me for the next for the rest of this season, most likely. Well, at least you're confident. Um, I will say this: this reminds me a lot of the Cowboys game from last week, where you have with the Giants' offensive line, which is better than last year, but that's not saying a lot. And, and the income, the Cowboys, who who have rushers all over the place, guys who can get yeah. the quarterback. Even if Parsons doesn't get a sack, he just gets so much pressure on the quarterback, he pushes the quarterback off into Lawrence or whoever, and they start picking up sacks. If you're an offensive line struggling the way the commanders are, the, the Cowboys' edge rushers coming in is not really what you want to see. It's a horrible matchup. It really is. There's no question about it. It is. And I was expecting a drop-off in our offensive line um, you know, performance as a unit. I was not expecting a collapse. I I really wasn't. Um, I didn't like the Andrew Norwell or Trey Turner signings, but and I definitely don't like them now. Like they're just. I don't think they're even good backups at this point. I don't think they're good enough to be backups in the NFL. They just need to both retire. They had good careers, just retire both of them. They're just not good anymore. Like they've had injuries. They've played. Many years, even you know, I think they've both played at least seven or eight years. They just need to stop. <laughs> at least get off our team. Yeah, and and I didn't hate the signings. To me, the big thing has been Chase Rulier at center not being oh, there. Yes. Very, he's not a dominant center. He's not a top four kind of a center. But he's a very understated, productive kind of a center. Him not being there, I think, certainly hurts on top of the fact that you lost a couple of guys and you're working in some new people. Not a good factor there for the commanders. Maybe something we see uh, improve as the season goes along. They've, they've got weapons on the bright side. If they could just protect the quarterback a little bit, 
they've got a running back who can run the football if they can just open up a couple of lanes. Uh, it's a big problem. Uh, Simon, our colleague, Simon Short, go check him out, uh, Phantom Football Podcast. Uh, I hope you're listening because we just had a nice little uh, offensive line segment there for you. <laughs> Granted, it wasn't about a good offensive line, but still, <laughs> hopefully you're listening and appreciate that. Um, you got anything else for us tonight, Ben? We could talk all night, but I think our audience has probably had enough, and we thank probably. everybody for listening. It has been a privilege, as always. Um, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at Odds on Favorite. Um, you know, give us give us some feedback on there. We haven't I haven't been getting any reviews. Please rate and review us on Apple and Spotify and wherever else. Give us a rate and review, please. We would love some feedback. We haven't received any yet. If you could do that, that would be absolutely amazing. You can also DM us on on Twitter at Odds on Favorite, like I said. Um yeah, and just go check out some of the other other podcasts on Phantom. You go to our uh, website, phantomsportsindustries.com. We have a media page where we have all our other podcasts on there. We have some great podcasts. Ben is also on. If you if you love Ben as much as I love Ben and his opinions and all that, go listen to Phantom Football Pod. You know, he, he does a great job on there. I loved your episode this week, by the way. You know, I, I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I loved it. So, um, Go go give them a listen. Uh, like I said, go give them a rate and review as well. If you're going to go listen to them, might as well rate and review them. You're already there. So hopefully week four is as good as week three was. Um, y'all have a great week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>